0: As part of my birthday celebration, I thought I would do a turn the tables kind of episode where I take the hot seat and I have a friend or colleague interview me. And then I remembered I recently had a colleague do just that. So I reached out to Lori Seitz, my fellow nomadic podcaster, who recently did a a great interview of me in her episode, Breaking the Blueprint, for her podcast, Fine is a Four-Letter Word. And so, in honor of my birthday, I'm taking a break this week and enjoy this replay, encore performance, of Breaking the Blueprint from
1: Lori's podcast, Fine is a Four-Letter Word. Welcome to Fine is a Four-Letter Word, the podcast that empowers you to say fuck being fine, tired of being stuck in a place where you say everything's fine, When it's really not fine at all, you're not alone. I'm your host, Lori Seitz. I've been there too, and so have my guests. Here's a secret. All it takes is a conscious decision to change and then restructure beliefs so your actions take you in the right direction. That's where fine is a four-letter word comes in. Each week, you'll hear inspiring stories from people who have transformed their lives and businesses and practical tips and takeaways to move you from spinning in place to forward action so you can create a life of joy. Thanks for tuning in. Let's get started. Events of the past few years have created space for many people to question their concept of how things should be. I often speak of the sabbatical life and how taking a step back can help you see things that have been right in front of you all along, but you miss them because everything was moving so fast. The pandemic brought the world as we had known it to a sudden halt. Amy Palmer was one of those who had the fast pace of her life hit a sudden standstill. Raised in central New York, she had a traditional upbringing that gave her a clear expectation of what life would be like, She'd do well in school, go to college, get a great job, fall in love, get married, have a couple of kids, and start a career. Amy went to college, got a theater degree, moved to New York City, and pursued an acting career. To pay her rent, she took on sales jobs. She found she was pretty good at it, which led her to a new career that took her into operations and other corporate leadership roles. To her surprise, her acting career helped prepare her for this. Everything seemed fine, but she didn't feel motivated. A career coach opened her eyes to the world of entrepreneurship, something she'd never thought of because she didn't come from that sort of background. This led to her starting a consulting firm and then accepting a leadership role with an education company that had an entrepreneurial culture. Once again, everything seemed fine, but fine is a four-letter word. When COVID came along, she found herself needing something new. But what? To find it, she had to go on sabbatical. Could she afford it? Could she pull it off in a culture that views any break in your work history as a red flag? In a moment, when you meet Amy, you'll discover how unrooting herself to travel across the country, starting a podcast, and meeting people in her situation opened her eyes to a fundamental societal and cultural shift that's taking place today. It goes beyond quiet quitting or the great resignation and delves into the core of what we've been taught to believe. Like Amy, you may have the career and life you have because they, quote unquote, whoever they are, say you're supposed to do it that way. But are you really supposed to? To see it for yourself, you may need to take a step back. This means resting, reflecting, and exploring, regardless of whether your current situation lets you just walk away from everything right now. Slow down. It's the only way you'll gather speed. And now, let's meet Amy Palmer. She just called. She's here. Let's go. Hello and welcome to Fine is a four letter word. My guest today is Amy Palmer. Welcome to the show Amy. Thank you Laurie. So good to see you. Before I hit record, Amy and I were trying to remember how we originally met cuz it was several years ago and Amy used to live in Washington DC and we we figured we couldn't figure it out actually. I think it was Washington <laughs> network group but we were also both super networkers so we did a lot of stuff we our paths crossed many times mm-hmm. yeah yeah and i'm glad that they're crossing again like if, yeah you know, <laughs> exactly I, mean, I was just gonna say so right because this was several years ago and then we mm-hmm. kind of tangentially stayed in touch like through linkedin and stuff because that's mm-hmm. what linkedin is great for and mm-hmm. uh yeah and then i was guest on amy's podcast a little while ago and then here she is on fine is the four letter word so well, I'm happy to be here and talking
0: yeah.
1: about being fine or being not. Fine. <laughs> fuck being fine is yeah, what we're talking fine. about. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I or forgot to too. tell you at the beginning, which but you probably already knew. Like we're not editing for language here, right? Right. Yeah. Fine yeah. For me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So start out by telling me like what were the values and beliefs that you were raised with that contributed to you becoming who you grew into as an adult. Okay. Well, I would say,
0: you know, I had like a very, um, quote, traditional upbringing in a very traditional family um, in upstate New York, um, Syracuse, New York, to, to be exact. And I, I think what I learned, I learned a lot about uh, family and loyalty and tradition and connection um, and and really like the value of working hard. You know, I mm. definitely got my got my work ethic. Uh, growing up, I I went out and got my first job when I was 11 years old without my parents knowing. So, <laughs> what, why didn't you want them to know? Because I they wouldn't have said they wouldn't have said yes. I I, I um I was 11 years old. Okay. What what, I, what I, was your
1: first? So what
0: was this job then? Well, I, I called to be a paper boy, paper girl. Like I wanted to be a paper paper. So I called them, called directly, and it was funny because like this this regional distributor guy, he was like like some forty year old man shows up at the house asking for me. My mom's like, what the
1: hell? <laughs> so <laughs> what is this predator doing here? <laughs>
0: Right, but, like I wanted a job, I wanted to, my own money, I wanted to do my own thing, and and I did it for years, and I I outsourced to my little brother, you know. Oh wow! For... <laughs> yeah. So um, so yeah, so I learned a, a a lot about that, and um, so I think a lot of those values contributed to a lot of my positive traits and the positive things that have happened in my life. And there's sort of like both sides to that coin, too. There was also, in my view, I thought there was a lot of expectation, whether verbally expressed or not, of what my life was supposed to look like. Like in Mm. my in my head, I was supposed to, you know, do well in school and then, you know, go to college and and get a great job and meet a young man and fall in love and get married and have a couple kids and then do the whole trajectory thing. So I definitely learned all of that and internalized mm-hmm. that a lot as well. Um, and a lot of those things did not come to fruition for me. So I spent a big chunk of time sort of
1: unlearning some of the, like just sort of reframing some of that as well. Yeah. Did you intentionally reframe it or it didn't happen that way? So you had to reframe it because that's not what happened or like so what I'm asking is yeah. did you not want it to work that way or it just didn't work out that way right great question it
0: didn't work out that way I wanted to to I, I wanted to have a, a more traditional path mm-hmm. Um, particularly you know I wanted to meet a partner and get married you know still could be possible but growing up that was number one having kids was sort of number two, like it was like a second tier Mm -hmm. priority, but still a priority. Um, And when those things started to not happen, or it seemed, you know, more and more likely that things weren't going to happen, um, I struggled with that identity. And I struggled with those feelings. And I had to figure out how to reframe it. I had to be able to Mm. look at things differently. And I had to find uh, another way to find joy and purpose and fulfillment and all of those things
1: yeah yeah okay so what was um what was the career path that you originally took yeah <laughs> um
0: so, so here's where I've fought back and forth between tradition and non-tradition um I I started out pursuing a career in acting so, so not not okay. really tradition, not traditional <laughs> so um uh, so yeah so I um went to school for theater and got my degree there and moved to New York city and pursued an acting uh, career and did that for years. Um, Loved it, um, but didn't love the business of it. It was Uh really, really, it was really difficult, especially for someone with no connections and very little like financial resources. Even, Mm -hmm. even back then, this is back in the nineties and, it's still required like a lot of resources, a lot of connections, all that. So, um, so the thing, while I was pursuing my acting degree, the way, or career, the way that I paid the rent was I started to take on sales jobs. Um, So I would do different sales mm. roles at different companies. And eventually I started to sort of rise up on that side of things. I started to like, earn more money and then I started to climb the corporate ladder and explore different industries and realized I liked being able to support myself financially. <laughs> I liked being able to pay rent.
1: Yeah, yeah, and yeah, buy lost. food. Yes.
0: Yeah. That was that was a good thing. Um so I continued on that path pursuing a corporate career for for many years. Okay. Yeah.
1: yeah. So Maybe I'm. this is interesting because, you know, I think a lot of times we feel like it's a tangent, but maybe it's really a better use of your skills. Like you are called to do that because that's really, I'm not saying you weren't a talented actor. I don't know, but I'm just saying maybe that the universe was redirecting you because that was where your skills were more, you know, more needed or something.
0: Yeah who who knows who knows do, i do actually you... think one one helps the other so like uh, um that when i started out in sales and i went into operations and other corporate leadership roles i learned that my training and experience as an actress absolutely prepared me uh because one of the things when you're when you're studying acting you're studying how and why other people are motivated, like what Mm -hmm. motivates people to do things and what inspires them to do things. Those were all key learnings that I then fed into my, you know, my, my corporate career. Plus the, 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 just the aspect of perseverance and Mm -hmm. dealing with rejection, like all of those things from my acting experience absolutely played into um my corporate experience and then later into my more entrepreneurial experience
1: as well. So it like yeah. you said it all kind of goes together. I could totally see how acting would play into being better in sales and in corporate roles because it for the reasons you said but also because like you know that whole like fake it till you make it and we can debate whether that's like a you know valid thing or not. But mm-hmm. when you aren't feeling confident like I've read a lot of um or heard podcasts or wherever I've heard this, but like stepping into that role of like your superwoman or, you know, putting on not really a facade, but like your alter ego. There's actually a book called Your, um, The Alter Ego. I can't remember his name who wrote it, um, but cool book. And he talks about when you're faced with a situation that's challenging, that feels scary to, you know, take on this alter ego it's it's still you but it's a braver version of you exactly exactly yeah Yeah. So I could see how acting would help with that do you ever regret not going down that path further uh no (laughs) Um, I still (laughs) okay
0: and I've still done a little of it like more for the fun part of it over Mm -hmm. the years um and I would love to do it again I always envision myself like when when I retire, whatever that means, yeah. I was like, you know what? I'm probably going to be like one of those old lady actresses, you know, so, <laughs> at some point. So it, right, it's
1: right. Not, You know, you can always go back to it. You know, you're you're playing the grandma. Well, here's the scary thing. Here's the scary yeah. thing, though. Like people our age are actually grandmas now. I know, I know. <laughs> some of some of them. Right. I'm just like, wait a second. This is not pop. Like, no, yeah. no you know are young. I know. But you know what's cool about
0: now? I mean, I can fool myself into being young because I don't have kids making me think where I am. Right. So, but a lot of our peers, like we have peers not only that have, you know, older kids, but I've got friends with really young kids too, you know, in, right. in our age. So it's like this wide variety. So I, I think that's pretty cool.
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like my nephew is 13. I'm like, no, that's where it should be. That's where... <laughs> <laughs> that feels right yeah kids, yeah. let's keep, kids, let's you keep know, it ki- that exactly kids our our friends kids getting married and having their own kids no not for that not ready for that
0: right uh, right
1: yeah I'm not ready for it so don't you do it right <laughs> <laughs> yeah all right so take me further down the path of your uh, because then you became entrepreneur I did yeah um and how uh, did that come about like, what was the yeah. the impetus for that, where you went, yeah. you know what, I'm not, I, the money I'm making in corporate, I'd rather do this I on know. my own. <laughs> I know, I know. It always seems so silly, you know, but uh yeah. So
0: at the time, I mean, it's something I know you can relate to. Like, I was, it's not like I was deeply unhappy. I was just fine. Like I was just like, "Eh," you know, and I was just kind of like going through the motions. It wasn't really doing anything for me. Um, And so I actually went to a career coach because I wasn't sure what I wanted to do next. Mm. And I never thought entrepreneurship was going to be the answer because, you know, my my family, you know, if you know that I don't come from an entrepreneurial family, I come Mm -hmm. from a you get a great job you know, with great benefits, hopefully a pension, you know, that kind of thing. Right. Uh, Work for the same company forever. Exactly. So I just wanted to figure out, okay, which industry am I going Mm -hmm. into? Um, And it's the first time I ever hired a coach of any type, you know, so it was my first exposure to that whole world. Um, And through that process, it slowly became evident to me that I was really excited about prospect of building something of my own and creating mm. it and, instead of trying to fit into somebody else's thing. Um, you know. And, and my coach sort of, you know, she started to suggest it. And my first response was, oh, no, oh, no, no, I couldn't do that. And then the more we started talking about it, I just got really excited about it. So um, that was back in like, I don't know, 2004. Something uh-huh. like that. So I did that for a good decade. Um, I did sales and consulting. Um, You know, I had a training, coaching and consulting business that I did for about a decade at that
1: point. In sales, like training, coaching, consulting around sales, sales and leadership. It was a little bit of both, but very business, very business focused,
0: you know, growing companies, scaling, all of that, all of that stuff.
1: stuff. Right. Okay. And then you went back into working for someone (laughs) else. I did. Which yeah. I it's cool. It's, you know, I just, I want to emphasize that because people think they get into entrepreneurship and then they can yeah. never go back. Right. And like, right. it's a failure. Did you feel like you were failing to go back into working for someone else? No, because I feel, I felt like
0: doing it for a decade and doing it well and living a good life. That, that was good. Right. Okay. Um, I But what was happening is probably the last two years that I was doing it. Um, because I was still a solopreneur at that point, I had you know independent contractors and people that I partnered with, um, but I was it was basically myself, um, mm. and I just I started to get like just a little lonely. Like I wanted to be yeah. part of a team again, yeah. Um, but I didn't want I didn't want to hire, like I didn't want to you know right. You didn't want to be in
1: charge of the team. I gotcha. No, no, uh, right? No, 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 no. So
0: um so yeah, and then you know I took a long time just sort of being open to opportunity. I wasn't hitting the, like, I wasn't going after it real hard. I just was open. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had a company come to me um, that was based in California. It was an education company with a concept, in a, and I have some background in education. It's a really cool, exciting co- concept that just excited me. So mm-hmm. it was more like, oh, this is cool. And they wanted to grow their schools and expand nationwide and do all of those things. Um, and that I was a uh, oh, this is cool. I, I could move to a new place, ha- you know, have a new era of life, you know. Yeah. So, so, yeah. So that's what I did. that And that was in 2014. Um,
1: right. So you stepped into a role on a team of an entrepreneurial company, essentially. Yeah. Like, that's yeah, cause true. Because I think it would be really hard for people, for people like us who are, have been doing their own thing, have been entrepreneurs to step back into like a really traditional kind of company like we could you're never actual, go work right. for like IBM or something because no. no too much structure but you're talking about you know an entrepreneurial and I talk about this too like you don't have to be an entrepreneur like out on your own doing your own thing to have an entrepreneurial spirit yes yes exactly right and yeah and even
0: when I was in that in that role when I was hiring leaders and mm. that's what I'm looking for I was looking for other people with entrepreneurial spirit. For sure. Because we were trying to
1: grow a new business. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's a whole different mindset. Um, that kind of business. Those are the kinds I've always worked for too. When mm-hmm. I was working for someone else, it was always like smaller entrepreneurial ventures. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I love that, that energy with that. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Okay. So how long were you there? And then because you're not still in California now. That's right. Things um, got I was fine there again.
0: For- they got fighting again, well, and then Covid doesn't help, right <laughs> it's true it was nothing was, it was fine about that it was a factor for sure uh so yeah, things were fine um, we actually got acquired by a larger company just before covid mm. uh, so during covid now mind you, I was a a leader and an executive of a, a network of schools so leading schools during the pandemic was i mean, it was really really rough really rough yeah. um so that plus the fact that we had just been acquired so I, we were trying to navigate all of that um it was just a really really intense time you know mm-hmm. and all my energy went into that job 24/7 you know, through the pandemic, because it had to be, They, you know, mm. it, it required that. Um, so as things started to, you know, open back up uh, and everything, like probably early 2021-ish, um, all, all of a sudden I felt myself just, spir- it was like I had nothing left. I was mm. like, you know, I can't, and I, and I just needed something new. I just needed something fresh and new. Um, And I knew I knew I needed a break um, and I knew that like a vacation wasn't going to do it. I knew it had to be more substantial. So that's when I started planning for my sabbatical. You know, so I took a long I took probably a full year almost almost to plan um, for the sabbatical that I took in 2022.
1: Okay, so what were you doing in 2021 while you were planning it. Were you still working? I was still in the job. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Yes. And when you say planning, explain that to me a little bit more. And I'm asking because I know that people who are listening are like, well, how exactly did you do that? Because like, uh-huh. I, I can't afford it, or I don't have the time or whatever they the people who are listening have a reason, uh, an excuse of why they can't do it. Listen up, because you can. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Tell us oh. how you did it. How I did it. Well, I knew that I had to
0: financially prepare myself for it. I, I had to figure out, okay, well, how much how much money do I need, and how much time do I need? And so, what do I need to what what period of time do I need to like prepare for, you know, fi- financially? Mm-hmm. Um, and in doing that, while I was doing that, I started. I looked at my expenses and started going line by line and and, and really trying to cut back wherever and however I could. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, while I was still collecting a a nice paycheck, so I'm like saving pretty significantly. So I I did a lot of like financial preparation. Um, At the same time, while I did that, I realized that if I just took time off while i was living in california in my apartment that i was in that was going to put a lot of financial pressure on it's really expensive in california i know it's Mm -hmm. expensive in in dc too it's expensive in new york um but it was it was cost prohibitive uh for me to stay there i i knew that i wouldn't feel as free and relaxed as i needed to be Mm -hmm. Uh, so i need to start thinking about that like um, what did I want to do about my living situation? Took a look at when my lease uh, was going to be up, um, which was spring of 2022, and started to think about where can I live and how can I live and what am I going to do? So um, and I wasn't really all I was focused on was the sabbatical. I wasn't focused yeah. on the after the sabbatical because uh-huh. I I just took it like
1: one one thing at a time, you know? Yeah. I mean it's virtually impossible to plan what happens after the sabbatical because the sabbatical changes who you are. Exactly.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um so so that's that's what I did. And and luckily um my brother and sister in law were generous enough to let me uh come stay with them for my sabbatical. Um and I was even able to leave, like like well, you and I were talking before we uh started recording about getting rid of belongings I mm-hmm. I sold or donated 80 to 90% of my belongings and shipped the rest uh cross country to New Jersey where my family was and put it into storage um So I I put myself into a situation where I knew that I could take at least like my, I was giving myself permission to take three months of of no, I do not, did not have to think about what was next. Like I didn't have to make definitive plans. My whole goal in those three months was to be still, to heal, to get healthy again, physically, emotionally, mentally. Um, and in whatever way I needed to, um, and give mm-hmm. myself a space to do that. Um, which is not in my nature. Like I'm a, like, I'm a, like a planner, you know, yeah. how it's just, I, I, right. I have to have action plans on what's next and where, you know, plan, plan, plan. And, um, so it would, that took a lot just to give myself permission to let go of all that, just immerse yourself into that three months yeah I
1: like that you just said that you gave yourself permission like we feel like it's I can't I can't Mm -hmm. do this and it is about giving yourself permission no one else is going to give you permission you have to give it to yourself that's right and that's okay I think to to your point as high achievers you are you are first born right yeah, I, but you garden. don't have to be firstborn to be a super right. high achiever. Uh, but, but we have this, like, I don't, I can't, I can't give myself that permission. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like if we're not being productive and accomplishing things, then we are total losers. That's right. That's right. You, you hit it right on the head. So,
0: and that that takes. That it takes time to get over that, or you know, even to like to let that go and to yeah, reframe it.
1: But reframe it is exactly what we need to do, and what you were able to do because, again, it's just a belief. It's not mm-hmm. even true. It's just <laughs> right. a belief that we've been instilled with, and mm-hmm. it can be changed. Absolutely. Oh, uh, what I was going to say before, too, was I think it's the high achievers like us who need it the most. Right. Yes. That's why I've been
0: preaching it ever since I've done it. Mm-hmm. And I was so glad to, to to see, you know, your your book on it and how you talk about sabbaticals and the importance of it. I've been like uh, <laughs> preaching it for a year right. now. Yeah. Everybody's
1: going to do it. You got it. <laughs> right. It, it's like the new study abroad. Like- yeah. <laughs> When I was in college, everybody was doing a study abroad semester. Now it's yeah. all about taking sabbaticals. We're at the other exactly. end. Couple, you know, a couple years later, um, we'll go yeah. with that. It's a couple years. Yeah. Year. Right, now it's about taking sabbaticals and and uh, giving yourself the time to again explore, and because that's what it was about when we were doing semester abroad. It was about exploring new cultures, new you know, who am I now? As mm-hmm. we were coming into adulthood, now that we've been through a few years of it, it's like, okay, again, who am I now? Mm-hmm. What did you find out? what did What did you do? You said you went to New Jersey, but you didn't stay in New Jersey the whole three months, right? No, I, I um, I traveled around,
0: um, just like you were saying. I definitely stayed on the east side of the Mississippi. That I, I saw mm-hmm. in your post mentioning about that, um, because a lot of most of my Friends and family and closest loved ones are all on the east coast, yeah. um, and I there were a lot of people that I haven't spent quality time with in quite a few years again mm-hmm. be- because of pandemic, yeah. Um, and so I spent some time with family and friends that I hadn't connected with, it's like really good quality time, um, which was amazing. Um, but didn't didn't like put pressure on myself in terms of, like, a timeline or a schedule. Um, right. It was, it was pretty loose. And it felt good to be embraced by everyone. Like, I really mm. needed that at that time. Um, you know, I might have been initially worried about being faced with judgment of what people would think. You know, I I, I left my job, you know, and it was a good-paying job and all that. And so there was a little bit of, you know, worried about getting judged for that. But it felt good and validating how many people who I love and care about were so supportive, they were so there for me, Um yeah. and welcomed me into their homes, basically, you know, during mm-hmm. that
1: time. Is that what you did, is you stayed with friends and family as you were traveling around on your sabbatical? Yes, yes. Did
0: I have any... I don't think during those three months I had trips um other i think i just went from place to place yes Uh um Uh yeah Mm -hmm. yeah so again
1: that's another way to do it is when you Uh when you know people and you can stay it cuts down on some of the costs of you know Mm -hmm. having to stay in a hotel all the time right um yeah and then what happened after those three months what well i i had a lot of clarity
0: um so i while i I tried not to put expectations on the sabbatical uh, about what I expected to happen. You know, mm-hmm. uh, I was hoping a tra- some sort of transformation would occur, but I was trying not to expect it because I think, right. in some ways, that sort of defeats the, <laughs> defeats the yeah. purpose of the sabbatical. Exactly, right? exactly. Um, but I was able to take enough like time and space and stillness and get back to things that I love. That I was able to just really clear out my thoughts and get get clear on my heart on what I wanted mm. to do. So I realized, number one, I didn't want to work for somebody else again at this mm. time. So that was very, very clear. Um, I wanted to give back and help women, um, you know, and women similar to myself and of our age group so that was really really clear I wanted to do something in that way and I wanted to continue this nomadic lifestyle um in in for as long as that was feasible and as long as that was still enjoyable and and doing good things for me um and and I wanted to just sort of be in the moment and enjoy the the journey a little bit more yeah um, so that was really, really clear and um, so that's what I s- started and continued
1: doing after the sabbatical was over, okay, so you're still out on the road traveling around,
0: yes, yes,
1: it's a little different now
0: um, i found that for me because i'm a um I'm a very introverted extrovert or a very extroverted introvert, I don't know one of the, one of the other uh-huh. um the the perfect mix for me is to spend about half my time with other people around and half my time by myself. Uh Uh Um, So I sort of designed my life that way. Uh, So I, I've been hopping around to different Airbnbs or hotels. Uh, I've done a couple of international trips. um, And then I sprinkle in visits with family and friends and going back to California and like, all that. So I've, I kind of crapped it. I usually do it like month by month Mm -hmm. figure out what's going on. Um, and I've loved it. It's It's been fantastic.
1: It's really interesting. So we, you know, I started talking about the sabbatical after I did mine a year ago and, and found so many people who were doing that. And now I'm about to embark on the nomadic life as well. And I'm finding so many people who are doing that again. It's like, we're, I think there's this, this movement or something. I don't know. Maybe it's yeah. just the people I'm hanging out with, but it's interesting because like you and I were not hanging out before we reconnected a few months ago. And yet we seem to be on similar paths Yeah, exactly. in terms of what we're doing. So somehow the universe is bringing people together. Like when you start down a path, the people who are doing something similar to you start showing up so that yes. you can have, you know, you can find your tribe and, and band together kind of like, yes, and Yes. I and I so. say that because, again, anyone who's listening and who's thinking, well, I don't know anybody who's doing this. Once you start moving towards it, the other people who are doing it and who can support you start showing up. You're absolutely
0: right. I've been. Um, and part of it has come from launching a podcast, you know, so launching mm-hmm. a podcast and having uh, a more consistent online presence, putting out there a lot of what I've been doing and how things have been going it's that's what started to connect me with more and more mm. and more people who are on similar paths and doing similar things and learning from them you know and yeah. finding out from their experience and seeing that people are doing it in different ways like they're just designing right. ways that work for them Um,
1: but it's it's just it's really exciting so yeah it really is and it it's so cool I like that you said that everybody's doing it in different ways because it's about finding mm-hmm. what works for you. I mean, in life in general, it's about finding what works for you and not really caring and paying attention so much to what other people are saying about that. Mm-hmm. Like right. you were saying in terms of taking the sabbatical, like not, you were afraid people were going to judge you for it, but you did it anyway. Yeah, and right. then you found that they weren't judging you. Wow. no. no. Yeah. <laughs> Right, they were very supportive. You know, they were like, "Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah." I so- i had never, up until that point, Lori, I had never taken a break from work. What like, ever, I'd never. I mean, I've gone on vacations, but okay. like, be- like between jobs or between opportunities or whatever, I never took downtime in between. I always went from one job to the next or one job to a business or you know what I mean. I'm yeah. 11 years old. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Well, and it, it, that's exhausting. Right, exactly, exactly. But I know that. But as I talk to other people, and I, I don't, I think it's a generational thing for us because I think the younger generations are are getting better at that. You know, the, the taking the break and taking mm-hmm. the time and all that kind of stuff. But our generation, I I do think struggles with that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Because it's it's like a, I no no I got it I got it. Yeah, it's. I don't need any help. I got it. Like, right. but there's no shame in asking for help or accepting help or, or even just taking care of yourself on your own. Like just doing what you did mm-hmm. and doing what I, I, I can't to saying I can't, or I choose not to, you can, we uh-huh. did it. Uh-huh. I choose not to do it this way anymore. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And there's a, like, there's a power that we have to accept and step up and take to do this for ourselves and for the people who have families for them. You're, you're not taking away from that. It's fueling it. It's making you better so you can be better for them. Yes. I, I agree wholeheartedly. And like, even, you know, as I, as I talk
0: to other women and men, even that have like, more because they have kids or because they have a mm-hmm. partner. Um, I still feel like it's so critical to just take that time. You might not be able to do like a three month, you know, move right. across country thing, but I just feel like taking some sort of time for yourself is just so c- critical. You know, to it, know, it absolutely is, is critical. critical. Yeah.
1: yeah. 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 And that's also why I created the, the, um, the, handout thing that I have handout it's like we're in school no the um, download of the five easy ways to start living a sabbatical life in in that it's like it doesn't require you to take a month off or a year off or like how can you incorporate this sabbatical life into every day so that you're Mm -hmm. not burned out at the end of the week and you're like all you can do is sit in front of Netflix with a bottle of wine Mm -hmm. right (laughs) Not that there's anything wrong with that. I'm just saying no, like that. The, you, you don't that want trip. that to be your whole default every single right. week. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Well, we've mentioned a couple of times. To- oh, well, you know what? I'm going to go there in a second. First, I'm going to ask you what your hype song is. Yes. Let's get loud by Lo. Oh, yeah.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. 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 That's and what we actually, need to do. I've actually used that as a walk-on song before for an event that I was one of the speakers at. They asked me for, like, what's your walk-on song? I'm like, let's get loud!
1: <laughs> right, just, right.
0: You, you cannot get pumped up when you hear that song.
1: Absolutely. Great song. I will put a link to that in the show notes. Okay, and then the next question I was going to ask you, which is because we've mentioned it a couple of times, is about your podcast. So. Mm-hmm. What's it called? Where can people and where can people find you aside from the podcast if they want to continue a conversation with you? Sure. Uh, Well, the name of my
0: podcast is Blueprint Breakers and we celebrate empowered women in midlife and beyond. We cover all a variety of categories, uh, dating and menopause and retirement and travel and all a career, all the things. Uh, And I love to highlight the women who are living a life outside the traditional lifestyle blueprint, Uh whether Uh they're single or don't have kids or whatever. So that's my podcast. It's on all the platforms um, where you normally find podcasts and you can reach me on Instagram at amypalmer.today. Uh, So it's amypalmer.today because I don't know. It it always
1: changes. (laughs) So so you can find me there as well. All right. Cool. And I will put links to those things in the show notes as well. Thank you so much for joining me today on Fine is a Four-Letter Word. Thank you. It was so fun talking with you, Laurie. Thank you. I am so happy Amy and I reconnected and it's so interesting we're both pursuing nomad life right now. Here are the key takeaways. Number one, in college, many of us studied abroad in order to make new discoveries. More and more, the idea of taking a sabbatical or living a nomad life has become normalized. Both of these things are about creating the space you need to explore who you are and what you really want. Number two, Since COVID made the world stand still and gave us time to think, it's become a lot more acceptable to hit pause on the frantic pace of your life, to step back and to take the time you need to figure out what your ideal career and life look like. Some call it the great resignation or quiet quitting, but it goes beyond that and involves looking at your entire life in a new way. Number three, While building the career of your dreams, don't discount what you can gain from taking a day job to pay the rent. Amy was pleasantly surprised to find out that lessons from her acting career and her sales career helped her become better at both. Number four, sometimes you don't know what you don't know. Until she met with a career coach to help her get past the malaise she was feeling at work, she had never considered entrepreneurship as an option simply because she was raised with the expectation of following the traditional college to career path. Number five, be courageous in trying things because you may find the answers to questions you didn't even know to ask. Being an entrepreneur showed Amy that she did not like the lonely at the top feeling, but it helped her find a great job because she realized she thrives at companies that are more entrepreneurial with less top-down structure. Number six, When you're faced with a challenging or scary situation, one way to gain courage is to create an alter ego, a braver version of yourself that isn't anchored down by the same experiences and programming you are.
0: Thank you for joining me for this week's special episode of the Blueprint Breakers podcast with this special encore replay of Fine is a Four-Letter Word. Thank you, Lori Seitz, for being such a fabulous interviewer. I really enjoyed our conversation. And to you, the listener, check out Lori's podcast, Fine is a Four-Letter Word, and then go back and catch up on some Blueprint Breaker episodes that you may have missed for this upcoming holiday season. Have a great week. Keep on breaking those blueprints and writing your own.